Hello, everyone, and welcome to Insight Peterborough, which is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And uh, if you want to know anything more about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. I'm Devin Wilkins. Well, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Natalie Martignello, who is the president of Braille Literacy Canada, and they're going to be having their 30th AGM on May 9th, so this coming Saturday. However, it isn't going to be quite the celebration that they were planning. They were hoping to be able to get together in Toronto and have a real wine and cheese party after the meeting was over. But they can't do that now, so Natalie will be telling us all about uh, what has been planned. Leading up to that, though, I thought it might be appropriate for us to start with George Shearing playing Days of Wine and Roses, and then we'll hear Natalie Martignello of Braille Literacy Canada. Well, first of all, Natalie, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. 
So maybe we could begin by talking a little bit about what Braille Literacy Canada is and uh, and the history. Definitely, for sure. So um, Braille Literacy Canada was formerly called the Canadian Braille Authority, uh, which some some ABC members may remember. Um, and um, BLC was established in 1990. So what's very exciting is this is actually our 30th anniversary year. Um, and Real Literacy Canada is really here to support the Canadian Braille community. And we do that through a number of ways. We have uh, various committees and projects that I'm happy to talk about um, in the interview. And we also promote Braille to the wider community, both within the blindness community and to the general public uh, through presentations and uh, public education activities and trying to dispel some of the myths and misconceptions about Braille, um, ensure that um, people who may benefit from Braille know about it. Um, and then we also represent the Canadian Braille voice at the international level because we're, um, Braille Literacy Canada is a member of the International Council on English Braille. Um, and this is the international body that um, makes decisions on the English Braille Code. Um, and so we're uh, able to vote on those matters uh, through our membership. And this is why, um, you know, we value so much the, the opinions and perspectives and, um, you know, the voice of our members within BLC because we take that to the international level as well. So for the benefit of any members of the general public who uh, might be listening to this, what percentage, or maybe what I should say is, do all blind people um, know Braille? Mm-hmm. So we get asked that percentage question quite a bit, and it's a difficult question to answer because there, there aren't really official statistics out there. That information is just not available. But we know that, generally speaking, um, the statistics that's thrown around is that, you know, 10% of the visually impaired community uses Braille. Um, what I would say, if I put my research hat on for a moment, um, is that there are a variety of questions you need to ask about that statistic. Um, who, who are they looking at exactly? We know that you know, there are also um, a number of people, especially young children, who have multiple um, disabilities. So whether or not um, that's excluding anyone who, for whatever reason, is unable to pursue, um, you know, um, traditional literacy options is one question. Um, but regardless of what the number is, I think the, the, the larger point is that um, people who are blind um, do exceptionally well if they know Braille. They're more likely to be employed. They tend to attain higher levels of education, higher levels of financial independence, and everyone is different. And what we like to say in BLC is that just because you use and know Braille, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't um, or can't benefit from other methods of access, like audio as well. 
Braille is just um, another option to access information, and really what sets it apart from all these other formats is that Braille is the equivalent of print, and so Braille truly is literacy. It allows you to spell and learn about grammar and, and all that stuff that you likely won't be able to get from other formats. And uh, it's a great way of labeling things quickly, playing games. You can do all sorts of things with Braille, can't you? Definitely, and we see that a lot with, you know, now we're seeing this increased prevalence of older adults who are losing their vision because they might have things like macular degeneration or retinitis pigmentosa, conditions that you tend to acquire later in life. And, you know, um, one thing for, for people in those situations to, to keep in mind is that you can learn Braille and apply it to however it will best help you. It might just be to label things in the house, like you're mentioning, or to play card games. Um, and so I would say for anyone who is an adult Braille learner or an older adult Braille learner, um, however Braille is, is able to help you is, is, as long as it's helping to meet your needs, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. And so do you suggest that people who are older try to learn at least a bit of Braille? I think definitely it's, it's something that people need to be uh, looking at. I think a lot of the time uh, when you are older and you experience vision loss later on in life, sometimes there's a little bit of intimidation to learn something new because we know that it's, it's really easy for kids to learn everything. They're like sponges. <laughs> Um, but what I would say is that there's nothing inherently harder about learning Braille. Um, if you're thinking about learning anything when you're older, it will take time and practice, but there's nothing inherently harder about Braille. Um, and that a lot of the time people who have vision loss later on in life, they might have, um, you know, they might have some misconceptions about Braille or stigma towards it because it is a symbol of blindness. And so what I would say, if, 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 um, uh, if anyone is in that situation, to just keep in mind that Braille at the end of the day is, is something that could increase your independence. It's not going to further um, your disability. It's actually going to help minimize it if you can learn it to improve your, your daily life. Do you know of any ways that people can try to increase the sensitivity in their fingertips uh, if they happen to be, say, an older adult. Do you have any tips? Yeah, for sure. So the obvious answer that comes to mind is exposure. And, and there's a lot of research on this as well. The more you expose yourself um, to something, the more you'll develop that sense, that, that skill. So it's really all about putting your hands on Braille, practicing it as much as possible. Um, and in fact, if we look at research like with young children who learn Braille, what we see, and, and there's also some research indicating that this is the case with older people who learn Braille as well, what we see is that the more you use it and the longer you've been using it, especially if you learn it early on, there's actually a change that happens in your brain. Like your brain reorganizes itself. Cool. And so when you're reading Braille, 
you're actually recruiting the visual part of your brain that otherwise isn't actually doing anything because you're you're blind. It's actually recruited in Braille reading to to kind of like provide extra real estate to help you with your Braille reading. So the more you use it, the earlier you, you learn it, regardless of your age, the better it will be. There's also, um, you know, different activities you can do to develop your tactile senses. Um, you can, um, you know, have activities where you're trying to differentiate between uh, smooth and rough and wet and dry and, you know, anything like that will, will help for sure. Okay, that's terrific. So I understand that BLC, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, we're coming up to our 30th anniversary. Um, I guess you've had to change plans with uh, regard to that celebration, haven't you? For sure. And on behalf of BLC, we just send our very best wishes to everyone um, within ABC, many, many of us, you know, are uh, know your members, and um, you know we're we're friends with many of you. And so we just send our very best wishes during what I know is a very unusual and um, you know stressful time for everyone. And and if there is anything you know BLC can do um, in terms of providing resources to. Um, access Braille or to maintain your Braille skills while you're at home, um, please do reach out to us. But yes, um, we, uh, like many other organizations, have um, decided early on to um, to cancel our in-person meeting, and instead we're holding our AGM virtually via Zoom on May 9th at um, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So that's 8.30 Pacific time. Um, and we were originally going to have a reception in Toronto following our AGM to celebrate the 30th anniversary, and it was going to be a special wine and cheese. Um, and um, we'd like to thank Accessible Media Inc. because they actually um, offered to sponsor that wine and cheese, which is incredibly generous of them. Mm-hmm. Um Given the circumstances, that event has obviously been canceled. And so what we're doing instead is the board is actually working right now on uh, reimagining what that celebration will look like. Um, and so we're going to have some kind of virtual celebration um, event that will take place uh, prob- sometime in the fall. Um, so we'll be providing more information in the coming weeks um, about that. But we'll we'll definitely be commemorating the 30th anniversary just in a different way than we originally um, had envisioned. All right. That sounds great. So not all of the plans have been made uh, quite yet, right? Well, we're in, in the process of, of kind of planning that specific event. But that being said, we do have a variety of things that we've launched this year. Um, uh, the, the most um, exciting one, I think, is the Braille Zoomers group. Yeah, how's that going? Yeah, so the Braille Zoomers group is um, a program to support adult Braille learners. Um, and so we actually had our first meeting a few weeks ago, or actually not a few weeks ago, a few days ago. Um, 
and it went very well. Uh, we're very excited about the enthusiasm. Um, we welcome anyone who learned Braille as an adult or older adult, or even if you haven't yet and you're thinking about it, we'd love to have you. So we'll be holding those once a month. And we're also um, now actively uh, fundraising and putting together Braille starter kits for our participants where they get some items to help them on their Braille learning journeys. And we're looking at starting other initiatives to support them like pen pal programs and a listserv and things like that. So this is something we announced in conjunction with our 30th anniversary because we think it's just another great way to celebrate Braille but also to meet an existing need. So where can people uh, write or email or whatever if they want to know more about the AGM that's coming up or the Braille Zoomers group or any of the resources that you have? Perfect. Okay. So you can write to us at info at blc-lbc.ca. So again, that's info at blc-lbc.ca. You can also visit our website at BrailleLiteracyCanada.com, so that's an easy one to remember. Um, and if you're a member um, of BLC, then uh, you will also continue to receive emails um, announcing any of our initiatives, including the upcoming AGM. So we've already sent a notice out to members about that AGM. Um, and in the next few days, we'll be sending a, another reminder as well as instructions on how to register so that you can receive the Zoom info to join us on May 9th. But definitely put it in your calendars um, because we're, we're hoping to have many of you there. And if uh, people are interested in becoming members of uh, BLC, they can find that information on the website, can they? You can write to us to ask about membership or visit our website to uh, learn about the different membership benefits and categories. Um, ABC is a corporate member of BLC, which is wonderful, um, but you can also become an individual member of BLC, and that would, um, that would give you access to different benefits, like you can join our committees or um, you can receive our newsletter directly to your email. Um, you can attend our, we have bi-monthly Braille-related teleconferences that are free of charge to our members, but $20 for non-members. So we have a variety of initiatives um, that we make available, um, but you can definitely contact us if you'd like any more information about any of that. Okay, terrific. And that email again is? Info at blc-lbc.ca. Terrific. Is there anything else that I should have been asking you about? Well, um, you know, in terms of our initiatives and our programs, one uh, very popular one that may be of interest to ABC members is our Brailler Bounce program. So um, this could be a good opportunity to highlight um, that initiative. What we do in the Brailler Bounce program is we refurbish and we repair unused Brailers. So if you have a Brailler that's kind of collecting dust at home, um, you can donate that Brailler 
through the program will facilitate all of that. So you, you would ship it at no cost to you, to us. We would have that repaired, and then we would rehome it to a waiting Braille user in Canada. So if you don't have a Brailler and you want one, you can also put yourself on the recipient list to receive mm -hmm. one. So whether you want to donate or receive a Brailler, all you have to do is email us at info at blc-lbc.ca, um, and we're happy to help. And we also um, want to highlight the fact that we're very active on social media. So if you use Facebook or Twitter, you can look for Braille Literacy Canada there. Um, and we constantly share Braille-related resources on those pages, especially right now with the COVID-19 situation where we're making a concerted effort to, to post um, more resources than usual, especially to support parents who are trying to help their blind children um, at home while they're not in school to maintain their literacy skills. That sounds good, and, and uh, it's also a way to, uh, if there are older people who have always thought that they might like to learn Braille, this would be a good time uh, to do it while we're all um, social distancing. Zoomers group can be a great way to, to meet other um, older Braille learners as well during this time. Well, Natalie, thank you very much for uh, chatting with us, and uh, I plan to be at the AGM, and I, I hope everything uh, goes well and um, that you have another 30 years. Well, thank you very much, and I wish all the best to all our ABC friends. Thank you. I'll be there next Saturday morning at about 11.30, virtually anyway. But you know what I'll miss most? Not the wine necessarily, but definitely the cheese. I love cheese. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to have myself a, an extra thick grilled cheese sandwich for lunch or something while I listen to the AGM. Anyway, um, that's uh, a week. No, that's the uh, the ninth of uh, May. Well, this is the first Monday in May, so it's time for us to have our monthly feature called "Get Together with Kim," and Kim is one of the program coordinators of Get Together with Technology, which is a wing of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And we're going to be talking about podcatchers this month. Before we do, though, I thought we'd lead into it with another selection sung by a screen-reading program called Deck Talk, and this time it's a song called Denise.
has gone by and here we are doing get together with Kim again. How are you doing, Kim? I'm doing well. I'm uh, losing track of days. I I do I did know that today is May 1st as we're recording. It won't be as you're playing and I did remember to give my dog her heartworm and tick free medicine. So anyway, we were going to be, um, last month we were going to be talking about podcatchers and that sort of thing, but we thought it would be a good idea for us to chat about Zoom then. So um, shall we get back to talking about uh, podcatchers? I I know that I use my uh, Victor Stream reader um, a lot to... uh, uh, or, or my uh, Google Home Mini to to uh, hear some podcasts. But yeah. are there others probably that you'd have to use a podcatcher for? Yeah, well, depending on what device you want to use. And now we're lucky. I think when podcasts first came out, so they, when they first came out, I think someone said around 2005, 2006, so after the iPod, had been around maybe a couple of years or something, uh, they came out. And that's why they were called Pod. Oh, okay. that. Um, And there weren't too many. They were kind of, you know, some people listened to them, but they weren't. And then they sort of gradually started to get bigger and bigger and so that all of your common radio shows and uh, audio often have podcasts as well as live too. So the great thing about them is you can listen to them whenever you want to, kind of like when you would record on a VCR or if you put your, I remember as a kid, you'd put your tape recorder next to the radio and press like record on it or if you had a radio tape recorder built in together, you could record Concerts, like if you had to go for dinner, you know, you could yeah. still record your show. So it's a little bit like that, um, that you can have a podcast 
that you want and listen to them when you want to listen to them, which is very handy. I find that very handy because sometimes you're not available at the time when the, the live radio is on or there are certain series that are not live. They're just created as, as a podcast. Yes. And they they are all genres and all types of uh, material, really, in there. So depending, and, and luckily for us now, we can listen to them on almost any type of device we want. So depending on what device you want to listen to them on, you might need what they call a podcatcher, which is like the thing that tells the podcast. You sort of subscribe to them like you would subscribe to a newspaper or magazine or uh, a TV channel and say, yes, I want to know when there's new uh, stories in this one and I want to know, I, and you can set it, you know, either as you might do on your stream to download them automatically or just you can look at the list and you can download the ones you want to or you can um, Sometimes you can play them without downloading them, not, not on the stream you can't, but on, you know, the Google Home Mini or on your phone or, or um, tablet or something. So the podcatchers are like your subscription um, controllers so that you don't have to keep putting in a search for that thing. You know, you have your list of ones you like, so it'd be like, all the books are sitting on your shelf, and, and they're still sitting on your shelf, so you know what they are. And then you can choose to either listen by asking, say, your Google or your Alexa speaker, play this podcast. Or you can download it onto your device so that some people like to do that. So say you're going to be somewhere for a while where you don't have, um, you're not connected to the Internet. Let's so say you're taking a well, not right now, but a long bus trip or plane trip or train trip, and maybe you don't want to, you just want to listen to them, record, download them first and then listen to them, or if you're going to a cottage where you don't have Wi-Fi, you can do that. So that's what the podcatchers do. They, they let you get them and put them on your device and decide how you're going to do that. So on the iDevices, there's a built-in one that Apple provides, but I don't actually find that one that easy to use. So a lot of times um, there are a few others. There's one that a lot of people like called Overcast, which is free, but you can pay for a pro version, but you don't really have to. And that one is good. And Google now has a new one. so. I think if you had that one, and I haven't tried this, but I think if you had the Google um, Podcast app or on your phone, it would probably think to know if you were listening on your Google Home. You might be able to pick up listening with it, but I don't know that for sure because it's pretty new, that app, so I, I haven't really played with that that much. But there are some others that people use, one called Downcast and Eyecatcher, and there's quite a few that people are using, but it's just good to know that you can find these podcasts on any topic. It's amazing to me. I'm sure you found this too. Yes. How many topics there are, and how many, there's always going to be podcasts on that. Yes. On that topic. Um, is there is there a, a podcatcher that you find particularly accessible? I like Overcast. 
I like Overcast on my iDevices, and there's a few reasons why. One is that at the bottom of every screen, no matter if you're in um, a certain podcast feed, they call it, or if you're on the main screen, the play button is always on the bottom of the screen. The um, fast forward is always to the right of it, and the rewind is always to the left. So it makes no difference where you are in the app. If you touch the bottom of your screen, you've always got those. I also really like it because somehow they've enhanced the um, the sound of it. So the, the speech is always very clear, and they seem to equalize it so that the speech is clear no matter um whether the podcast has different levels, it seems they seem to be able to do that. And if you speed it up, some people, blind people especially, like to listen to their podcast faster. Yes. It doesn't distort the voice at all. Like, it seems to really keep that. Uh-huh. So I do love that about it. I also like that, um, you know, you can, it, it puts your, um, your feeds in alphabetical order, but you can also put them into lists if you want. But it's just very, easy interface to, to, to um, you know, to feel on the screen and it's, everything is labeled. And so I, I do really like Overcast. That's the one I tend to use myself. Okay. Um, yeah, and I love, I love podcasts. I really, I love them. I listen to some blindness ones, but I, disability ones, but I also listen to a lot of, you know, news and, and, um, um, some art type ones, like just whatever you're interested in. I guess people uh, listen to those in different uh, different varieties. Uh, and if you search on your major, if there's certain radio stations you like or certain networks you like, like if you like the BBC or if you like, you know, some the Australian Broadcasting Corporation or Irish, whatever. Whatever country, you can probably find that they will have podcasts on their and their feed. Yes. Their, yeah. And I would imagine, you know, if you go somewhere for a long time, so say you move somewhere for a year or something, and you know how if you go somewhere, sometimes you miss your local, like you miss the yeah, whole news or something, or I yeah. miss, you know, let's say you miss it, you can still have it, you know, you can have it wherever you are, yes. have it. Uh, so I, I really do. I really like that. I like podcasts. And there's a lot of... Um, the thing I also like being totally blind is that podcasts are audio. And I, they do have video podcasts too, but they're audio. And so if there's a, a documentary or something as a podcast, you you hear it and you know and you can follow it. Whereas sometimes, you know, on TV, you can't, you can don't always know what's going on. So I find them very accessible that way, too. I like, I like them. You like them on your stream? I do, yes. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of crime podcasts like Oh, that. yes. Yeah. That you can follow. And especially if you're a lover of, say, well, radio in all its aspects, like I am, but I was thinking also old-time radio. Do they have podcasts for old-time, do they have a lot of old-time radio ones? You know, I don't really know that. I know I've got yeah, mine. Yeah. I've, I've got Canadians in old-time radio. Oh. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, 
I'm up to uh, episode uh, 78. Of Canadians in Old Time Radio? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I have quite a few uh, old radio programs and little bits of radio programs and that sort of thing that uh, that I like to share in the Made in Canada segment, and then we do a Canadians Abroad segment for um, that includes people who were born here in Canada but moved to the States or Britain or wherever to um, uh, carry on with their radio career. That's great. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to find out, I'll have to listen to that. You know, because uh, it's, it's amazing all the different subject matters you can find if you even if you search for a subject you will find there are going to be many many podcasts on on that yes sure i want to find one on uh, blind astronomers oh i don't know yeah <laughs> I, that would be good yeah actually would. um and and actually, there's a lot of interesting ones, I think, that are coming out because of COVID-19. Now, I know we don't want to be on the news all the time with COVID-19, but if you are interested in, say, the science of it, I've seen, you know, episodes would come out with, you know, how did the virus start or where did the, you know what I mean, all these kind of things, if you want to know that sort of thing. Yeah. But even, even I've seen... People have sent me links to things that what people are doing during this to, you know, to entertain people or good stories about what they're doing. Or some people are reading things out loud, like reading books out loud and putting it out or reading poetry or doing these things. So it, it, it's kind of amazing that even with this, this podcast industry, because all you really need is a microphone and, you know, and a and uh, something to record on, and you can you can record them from wherever you are. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and mm-hmm. as we are doing, we are not in the same space. So, no. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite great. You know, if if we didn't have all of these things, everyone would just be by themselves and and not being able to even make contact with each other and listen to other people from other places. You know, yeah. talking about how they're feeling, what they're doing. That's right. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty helpful to have. I think. Now, these podcatchers. Do you have to pay a yearly subscription fee? Not usually. I I think there could be a couple that you do. Sometimes there's a one-time charge for the app to to download it. Yeah. And some of them are free. So uh, Overcast is free. You can pay a yearly subscription. It's more to support the developer, and I think you get a few extra perks, but it hasn't been anything that I, you know, I have sometimes paid it because I think they do a very good job, but you don't have to. You don't have to pay for um, downloading the podcast. Now, podcasters, because they're trying to make a living at it, they will say if you want to give a donation to their podcast, I think you get extra content sometimes or okay. extra. But I haven't actually done that. But I think you do. Like you can get extra, I don't know, extra episodes or bonus stuff. Oh, yeah. 
But um, no, I haven't. I haven't personally done that. So it's a really good free way of uh, getting enter- lots of entertainment into your, uh, you know, into your ears for sure. Yeah. So- and uh, it, it's it's really really good. So if you have um, a Google Home Mini or an Alexa speaker. You can even say, so what do you say to your Google Home Mini? Play the podcast, such and such a thing? Yes, I do. The, yeah. I usually say the latest episode of. Play the latest episode of. Yeah, and once in a while, I've heard that um, sometimes it doesn't understand you and it plays some other other. Oh, yes. But, but most of the time, I think it's, it gets better, and especially if you listen to them before then it gets to understand what you want yeah um so i think it is a good way to try it there first and if you have a device like a an iphone you can look for it has one built in called podcast but if you want to try overcast you can look for overcast in the app store and it'll say overcast podcast player say for example if you have a I think if you have an Android phone, the Google one that just came out is probably there already. Oh, okay. So you could probably just look for them in there. I haven't found a good option on the PC. Okay. I haven't really. And the stream is very good. It's already there. It also already has some loaded, right? Like it has some in that suggested list or whatever so it has some AMI and I can't remember the other ones but it, it did come with some that you could subscribe to they're not subscribed to yet but there's a list of blindness ones that it kind of recommends and I think a few news ones too oh yeah uh, already already there on your stream to try try them out but it, it's kind of good to try them and see See what you think, because even people say, oh, it's complicated, but once they get them set up, it's not complicated once you get them set up, because once you pick one and you like it, you have it there, you just have to check the episodes and you can download them yourself, or you could set it to download most recent one anytime it comes in. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, it's a very good way of, you know, keeping up with, entertainment and things right definitely a very good way and you can delete them from your device when you want to yeah so you can set it up um so the way i have it set up is to delete them when the episode is finished but you can keep until you delete or you can say when i'm done listening to it you know, delete it. Oh, yeah. You can say, keep it till I delete, or so you don't get overwhelmed. You could say, only download the last three, or the last two, or the last one. Yeah. You know, so there's lots of settings you can change, but yeah, you can have it keep them until you delete them, or you can say, delete it when I'm done listening to it. Right. Uh, I'd be a little afraid to do that in case I wanted to go over it again and write down some information. Yeah, so it's easy to um, to change that in your settings. So what you often have in the settings of these things is new episodes, and it's either stream or download. So stream means 
just play it over your Wi-Fi. So it's not going to sit on your device. Right. Download it sits on your on your device. So, and then after that, there's a setting that would say. So there's three settings in Overcast. One is when you're finished an episode, there's delete manually, so that you would delete it yourself. It's going to stay there until you delete. Delete it when it's completed, or now it has one that says delete 24 hours after completion. So I guess, oh. you know, maybe people, they think about it, and then, oh, no, I want to keep that, or I want to put it, put it back. Yeah. So you can set those things to be like that. Um, you know, you can set them to, to delete right away or when you decide. You can set them to download or just to be on your device, like to stream it over your Internet. And then you can also download it if you want to. Yeah. So some people do that. I usually download them. And then I delete when finished, but then sometimes I'll set it for a while to manually delete, and then I can just delete them when I want to do it. Can you uh, change settings with each particular podcast, or does one setting? Yeah, I think, yes, you can. There are some things you can change, and that's true. You can you can have certain ones um, delete or change. So okay. when you open up a podcast feed, there's... Um, the episodes that you have on that one, and it will have settings, so you can unsubscribe from it. If you don't like it, you know, you can say, no, I don't like it. But sometimes you start on some and you you thought it was good, and then you realize, ah, no, I don't want to have it. Right. Or you, I think you can you can set it to delete episodes or keep them or, um, or list the most recent or the oldest first. So you know you can you can change around the way the way they're displayed for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes if you're listening to true crime series or something, you want episode one at the top. You don't oh, want to listen sure. to the most recent. But sometimes the news, like you want to hear the most the recent. most recent one. Yeah. First. So uh, yeah. So it's very it's very good. It's it's. It's pretty easy to use, and, and, you know, we can always help you, help anybody who wants some help with that to learn how to use them and how to, you know, and how to find them. And I sometimes uh, a friend and I were talking a few weeks ago. I don't know. It was after the lockdown, I guess, and we were just saying, wouldn't it be great to have, like, almost like a book club, but where you talked about podcasts? And I said, yeah, that would be dangerous because I, I was get way too that like I get people tell me about them and then I put them on my device. I don't keep them all, but you know, like no. I think, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm gonna listen. Well, during oh. the lockdown, um, CNIB is running uh, the third Tuesday evening of each month. They are doing something called For the Love of Podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm afraid to go on those things. And Well, we were just even thinking of a local... Like once we get out of <laughs> out of lockdown, like yes. like a book club, but where you go out for tea or coffee or something and sit around and talk about what podcasts do you like and what podcasters do you like. And yeah. How do you have, you know? And so it's it's become big, really big in the community, similar to the way audio books we we made audio books cool and now everybody wants them. You know, it's yes. almost like that with podcasts too. 
Yes. People use them when they're driving in their car or when they're running or when they're you know, walking to work or whatever they're doing. Or doing their fitness things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought treadmill. for that. I like because it's kind of boring, you know, sitting yes. on a stationary bike or, <laughs> you know, trying to do something. It's kind of, you want to have something. I, I'll listen to audio books or podcasts when I'm. When I'm brushing the dog sometimes or house cleaning or doing dishes or something, I know it's kind of it's good. It has something you're listening to it at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's. I think it's brought radio back alive again. You know how people said, oh, no one's going to want radio. I think live radio has worked up again partly because of this. Like, yes. Because of um, people listening and wanting to listen to podcasts and things from all over the world. You yes. Know? If somebody wanted help with um, setting up a podcatcher or whatever, Kim, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? So they can call this DCB number, which is an 800 number, so you don't, they don't have to pay long distance. So you call 877-304-0968 and just ask for me or, you know, there's a few of us who, who are helping people. There's three of us, and sometimes maybe in the summer we'll have some students, too. We often do, so just ask, you know, and maybe say what it is you want to do that, you know, you want to learn to use a podcast podcatcher or, and maybe a little bit about your vision level or, you know, that you have low vision or no vision or you're using an Android or an iPhone or you're using this or that, just so we kind of know ahead of time what people might want, and then we can... Uh, set something up and help you out to learn how to use um, podcatchers and how to find pod- podcasts. Okay, well, thanks very much, Kim. Really Thank appreciate you, this. If anyone has topics, they can always uh, tell you if there's something they want us to go through in yeah. more detail. If there's something someone wants to know, yeah. you know, we'd be happy to do that. For sure. Just write to uh, send an email to insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. And then, then we'll do what you what you ask. And if you have specific questions, so say we talked about something and you don't understand or you want more on how to search for the podcast or, yes. you know, how to, um, I don't know, you know, something about Zoom or something we've talked about before. Just uh, let us know and we can cover that. Right. Yeah. That's great, Kim. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. I guess that'll about do it for this week's uh, Insight Peterborough. Next week, we're actually going to have someone talking us through how to wash our hands. And uh, as you can well imagine, that somebody will be from the Peterborough Public Health Department. So I know uh, I'm going to uh, enjoy uh, a description because I just kind of do it uh, the way I think I should do it. And so it'll be uh, interesting to see what he can point out to us that uh, we don't already know. And, of course, hand-washing is very important during this COVID-19 thing that's happening to us. Have yourself a, a good week, 
and um, we'll uh, chat with you next uh, Monday, and we'll uh, find our way out of here with Terry Kelly from Nova Scotia. He's a blind singer from Nova Scotia, around the Halifax area, I think it is. He's going to be taking us out with Power of the Dream. And I can't let you go quite yet until I say to you, may the 4th be with you. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Look, see there, movement everywhere, improvement. 150 million tongues, one clear voice from the land down under. A song, the sound of thunder, singing the dream to opening ears all over the world. There's a buzz in the air, and the people from far and near have made a choice, the choice is clear. Changing what it means to be blind, step by step, one day at a time. Still much to do, but it shall be that the sighted eyes of the world will be able to see. There will be changes The power of the dream Due diligence by you and me Changing what it means to be blind Women of every nation Are rising to the occasion To change humankind By movement and mind We shall be as one what of youth and children Empowerment is their freedom And we must convey By example so they can say No big deal, I'm blind And the eyes of the earth Will acknowledge the person first Through our vision by knowing our worth Changing what it means to Step by step, one day at a time Still much to do, but it shall be At the sight and eyes of the world We'll be able to see And there will be changes The power of the dream To diligence by you and me Changing what it means to be blind Drops of rain grow forests and bring big mountains down. Hands across all borders, boundaries, and nations take all down. Lift the veils, unfurl the sails, new journeys will abound. No one but ourselves can stop us now. Step 
Move my 